On this Passion and Palm Sunday, one of the few times throughout the liturgical year where we hear of our Lord's suffering, of his death, of his passion. And in Luke's particular narrative, I've always been struck, or not perhaps not always, recently, more recently, been struck by three responses to Christ kingship. That is, Christ, we follow a crucified Savior who is king, crowned not with jewels, with gold, but instead with thorns. A king who reigns not from a throne of great splendor, of marble, of some precious metal, but instead from the cross. And we see three different responses to his kingship. First, we see Herod's particular response. He wants to see Jesus because he's heard of Jesus. He wants him to do some sign. He wants to be entertained. He wants to see something out of the ordinary, something fantastic. And so he denies him because Jesus gives him no sign. He doesn't turn water into wine in front of him. He doesn't heal some lame person. He doesn't do some sort of magic trick. And so he denies him. And we see that Pilate denies him as a result not so much of, you know, what is implied in this gospel and John's gospel it's drawn out a little bit more, but instead, what is truth? How can you be a king from another world? He denies him because he has no concern really for the truth, but instead for simple pragmatism. He doesn't want to kill Jesus. He doesn't want to have him crucified. But because of the crowd and because he doesn't want to be overthrown and because he doesn't want to lose his position of power, and because he cares nothing for the truth and for simply living by righteousness, he denies him. He denies him and hands him over to be crucified. And so we see this response from Pilate, a denial of truth. Simply, what is truth? What does it matter? How can you have any special authority? But then we also see the anger, the malice of the crowd. And that is, they simply want what they want. Pilate desires to release Jesus to them. or have him flogged and I'll let him go. No, give us Barabbas. Give us the murderer. Give us our old way back. Our old way of trying to do things. We want to try to overthrow the Roman government, establish our own power. We don't want this man's kingship, which is not of this world. We want a great king, a king upon a great throne with a great crown, not this beggar who hangs from a cross. And then what is our place in this, and what are we invited to reflect upon? Just ask yourself, how often do we ask for those same things from the Lord? Lord. Entertain me. Give me something great. Break me out of my boredom, out of the normal humdrum. Lord, I don't want your truth. Like, give me what the world wants. Allow me to simply live by its standards. Lord, I want what I want. I ask you this in prayer. I come to church every week. I do all these things. Give me what I want. But instead, we should take the approach of the good thief. He is the one with whom we can truly identify.
Because yes, our lives are difficult. During this week, all the saints tell us the greatest profit to our spiritual lives is to reflect upon our Lord's suffering. The thing that can do more than anything else in our spiritual lives that can help us to make us a saint is to reflect on Him crucified. To take upon ourselves the knowledge that Christ is a crucified Savior who doesn't take from us, who doesn't demand tributes of money, food, of gold, but instead, by dying on the cross, allows us to give our hearts back to Him, the hearts that He has set free from sin and death. And we can take the approach of the thief, that our lives have difficulties, our life have suffering. We oftentimes find ourselves in dire straits. And we can recognize, as a good thief does, we in many ways deserve it. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But by our Lord's mercy, by, his tr by our trust in Him, He can make all things well. Because we ask the Lord, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And from that place of a humble act of just simply wanting to be remembered, Christ promises the good thief paradise. It's the same promise he gives to each and every one of you. He gives to me, he gives all to all of us by his death. The promise of the resurrection. We have been set free from our sin. Of course, the gospel does not end with this passion narrative, but instead it ends with the resurrection. But we do not get to that resurrection unless we first acknowledge his passion, his death, unless we accept our own sufferings, bear them well as the good thief does, as our Lord did, imitating him in all we do. And indeed, he will promise us each paradise, eternity in heaven with him, where our tears will be wiped away and our sufferings will be blotted out.